Summer League is over, and now the focus shifts entirely to Jalen Brown. Why hasn't he signed yet? And what are the Celtics and Jalen each looking for in a possible deal? Speaking of Summer League, the Celtics, well, they signed a scrub off their roster, but trust us, it's a good thing. And summer workouts in empty gyms, they usually don't mean that much. So why are Celtics fans going bananas about Robert Williams? Come inside Lucky's Lounge. Papa Cold One, Guillermo and El Capitan are here. Let's talk Celtics. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge. Captain Ron Flanders here with my hermano from another madre, uh, Guillermo Diaz. Guillermo, uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are, how are you doing? Glad to get back into the lounge and, and I got my cold one here ready to talk Celtics with you. But first, you told me you got those new Tatum ones. Um, and of course, the, the Sousa scorers played tonight. Any uh, any magical you know scoring outburst? Did you hit some corner threes? What's going on? Yeah, I had about six points tonight uh, and another 28-point loss scorers we're all everybody here in the lounge is pulling for you um hopefully you get your act together uh speaking of getting your act together the celtics we'll talk about their summer league here in a second they did have a a nice cap to their summer league season but right now there's a lot of talk about jalen brown and really that's the only order of business we've talked about in the last few few weeks i want to go back to it again guillermo because i think the whole off season could be turned on its head if this guy doesn't get back to the U.S. and sign. Yeah, I know he's overseas on some NBA... Players Association. Correct. Players Association duties. Uh, so great job to him doing his due diligence with that. I'm looking forward again to some type of news. I want some traction. I really want it to be over with. It's If it's the 35% that he's going for, let's just get it over with. I wonder what other things that they're negotiating. Could it be a trade cooker? Could it be a player option? He can't get a no trade clause. So what is really holding back this re-signing uh, with the max ex- extension for the team? You know, I was listening to uh, Steve Bullpet, the longtime Boston Herald reporter who now writes for heavy.com. And uh, he was on Celtics beat the other day. And, and the way he, phrased it was, look, this would have been a done deal a long time ago if there was nothing to negotiate. Look, you know, we we want Jalen Brown here. Brad has said that. We want him here long term. And so they could have just said, all right, five years, 300 million. But as you pointed out, there are lots of things that players and teams can get out of the deals, usually players. Right. And when you're talking about a guy who's not in the country, because he's out representing the Players Association. This is a guy who's not going to take less than what he's worth because he is a union rep. I think he's like a vice president, isn't he? I believe so, yes. Well, I mean, so I think it's a foregone conclusion, as we've spoken about, that he's going to take that 35% of the salary cap. That's going to put the Celtics at something like 70 80 and 90% over the next three years of their salary cap devoted to just their big three, if you include Kristaps Porzingis. So if he could have gotten that, we'd already be done. And the Celtics, I don't think they have a choice but to either give him that or to upset him and, and possibly throw off the balance of the of the whole team. So what are they talking about? You, you mentioned 
trade kickers and you mentioned options. Now, in the history of the NBA, I think there this is a relatively new phenomenon, this Supermax deal. But I think there have been at least, they put it into play because what they want, what the NBA wanted to do was to protect the small franchises. Right. A, a team like a San Antonio or a Milwaukee or a Utah would be able to keep their players because they could pay them more than anybody else. Well, as we have seen time and time again with these quote unquote small make market friendly provisions, it rarely works out that way. Of the 10 guys that I see here in front of me, four of them, Rudy Gobert, James Harden, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook were traded in those contracts, and some of them had trade kickers, Guillermo. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, it's supposed to help the small market teams, and in the long run, I think they get something back for the player, probably not to the level that these players are when they do get traded, but we're missing something there. We need to know why these deals aren't following through and the teams aren't, or sorry, the players aren't staying with the team long-term when they're signing these contracts. In addition to the four guys I just named, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, and Devin Booker. Now, all of those guys would seem like no-brainer guys that should retire in their uniforms, but here we have another one. Damian Lillard, who has requested a trade, just like James Harden, is asking for now another trade on his Supermax deal. So the players, you know, we talk about loyalty all the time. And players will say, well, there's no loyalty shown to us, so why should we show it? And Lillard is is certainly showing that right now. Jalen Brown does like being a Boston Celtic. He knows what it means. And he's been to the conference finals four times in the last six or seven years that he's been in the league. So, I mean, you'd think he wants to stay and he, he wants that money as well. But as we talked about last week, Guillermo, if this thing goes bad, somebody's getting traded and it's not going to be Jason Tatum. Well, that may be true. You know, there's certainly guys that can be had right now. Damian Lillard is one. I think you could get him for Jalen Brown. You know, it was once said that if a lie is repeated often enough, people will start to believe it. And I don't know if it's a lie or if it's the truth, but there are many people, I I would tend to think it's a lie as long as both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are bought in. But there is a narrative that is being pushed by casuals and hot take guys like a guy like a Colin Cowherd or Kendrick Perkins. I don't know exactly what they've said on the subject, but those types of people like to say, these two guys cannot win a championship together. As constructed, the Celtics with two high-volume shooting wing players cannot win. And I would like to have a star big or a star point guard along with a star wing, but that's really not what we have. I don't think Porzingis, he's a very good player, but I don't think he's a star on that level, Guillermo. Yeah, and that's the biggest theme, right? That they play, quote-unquote, the same position. They're too much alike. And they don't complement each other well. But we've seen consistent success. Have they won it all? No. But we've seen that sustained success where we're reaching Eastern Conference Finals and reaching an NBA Finals against the Dynastic Warriors. I am intrigued to see what they play like 
when they have a big that can stretch the defense. Though you know, we should have beat the Warriors. We should have won it last year. That's just my opinion. I know you disagree that we could have beat Denver, but this roster as constructed was probably good enough, but for whatever reason didn't get it done. I don't think it's because Tatum and Brown can't play together, but there was something lacking in the roster. And and there was sort of a hero ball sort of thing that would take over. Brad Stevens would say that we were easy to guard at times. Can you think though of a, another team that has won with, with guys like this? They're very close in age, but I can't think, I mean, Curry and, and Clay, those guys are a little bit different. I mean, Steph's their point guard, but I'm trying to think of a team that had like two guys that were this similar and this dominant that won. Yeah, if we're really going to go out there, I'm going to reach and say Jordan and Pippen, right? They were two wing players who complemented each other, and they got it done six times. They changed the pieces around them, and they still got it done each and every time. So I think it's definitely doable. Maybe we haven't had the right luck. Now, you know, we got Lucky's Lounge supporting them. But something has been missing on this roster. Something could have been internal based on Gabe Vincent's comments. But now with this change and having a big to stretch the defense, and also score. I think they need that alleviate of scoring a third piece that will take that pressure off of them and help them get to that next level. You know, it's it's interesting you brought up the Gabe Vincent story. And for those that haven't followed this, last week, new Lakers guard Gabe Vincent said that he felt like there was something going on within the Celtics. And, and he, he insinuated that there was some sort of chemistry or problem with the Celtics. That very well may be true. And then you mentioned Jordan and Pippen. I mean, Guillermo is not suggesting that either of these guys are on that level. Jason no. Tatum is the top American-born player in the NBA. Amen to which that. doesn't really mean a whole lot anymore now that the league has been taken over by European and African born players, but he is the top American player in the league. He is a two-time first team all NBA, if I'm not mistaken. And so he's, he's definitely a superstar. Jalen is a star. And we're hearing now Scottie Pippen coming out and saying things about Jordan. Um, Scottie Pippen always felt rightfully so in some respects that the bulls would not have won without him. I agree with that because of his tremendous defense he, he was able to play for certainly a lot less money than Michael Jordan was taking, get those championship rings. But as you saw after Jordan left, he really was affected by all that. He wanted to be the man. You couldn't very well say that you were the man with Michael Jordan on the team. Uh, Jason Tatum's no Michael Jordan. We haven't seen any rift here. But one thing I will say, Guillermo, if this contract gets signed, I mean, over when? the last... When this contract gets signed, thank you, we will hear at some point during this season, just like we have each of the last six seasons, these two guys can't win together. We will hear it. We've heard it every year. Yes, we've heard it every year, but like I continue to reiterate, it's going to be a different dynamic with Kristaps Porzingis. I think he's going to really change the outlook of this team. We have a better coaching staff. 
this team will be locked in. Yes, we're going to miss the defense of Marcus Smart. Yes, we're going to miss a wing player that can play multiple positions in Grant Williams. But I think this team got better by adding Kristaps Porzingis. Well, no doubt, no doubt about it. But that, and that's all the more reason why, if there are any bumps in the road, and over the last two seasons there have been, really every season there has been, the casuals and some of the haters will come out and say, "See, we told you. When are you guys going to listen?" They can't win together. So I, I believe that since Ime Udoka got this team to the finals, that it's basically been championship or bust for the Celtics. And I really believe that for this season, especially with all the pressure that's going to be on Jalen Brown after he gets this deal. Now let's get to the particulars. You said he cannot get, then the player gets all the leverage in where he goes in order to waive waive the no trade clause. And then you get pennies on the dollar in terms of value. Jalen's not eligible for that. He can get a trade kicker though, Guillermo. And we saw that with those four players we mentioned Gobert, Westbrook, Harden, and John Wall. And John Wall. And I think Beal may have also gotten one. Yeah, and it's up to 15%. It could very well be a 5%. That could be another part of the negotiation. Okay, let's do a 5%. Let's do a 10% trade kicker. I think it's just these fine details that they're going back and forth about. I just hate that it's continuing to drag on, especially when they were all together at the summer league in Vegas, it should have just got done there. And now we have to continue to wait and speculate and see what's going to happen going forward, especially with all the rumors that fly on a weekly basis. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, back in the day when, you know, Tommy Heinsohn and, and Kuzi were taking trains to games and the only way you got news about the NBA was in the Globe or the Herald, even then it would be weeks before something like this would get out. There's instantaneous stuff. You can hear the casual fans who have no knowledge about the game offering their two cents about it. And the players read this stuff. And so do the team sometimes. So it would be good to just get it over with 5%, 15%, whatever happens. If, if the Celtics don't win, either Porzingis or Brown, you would think, would be forced to be jettisoned in order to get back under these aprons and all these, you know, and sort of reset around Jason Tatum. If that happens, the Celtics would have to pay the trade kicker. Do you think the player option is a big factor in the negotiations, maybe even weighing more than the trade kicker? Or which do you think is the bigger issue? I think it is the the player option. And remember, Jason Tatum, when he signed his rookie extension, he got a player option in his deal. And you know, if you think of these players, their age when they sign these deals, you know, James Harden right now is is stuck because he's on, you know, the final year of his deal. He wanted an extension. He didn't get one. So he demanded a trade because he knows that at his age, I don't know what he is, 33 or whatever, he may have one last big deal in him. For younger players, the quicker they can get to the next extension, the more money they get. So why wouldn't Jalen want a player option after four years. Bullpet even suggested maybe they give him a player option after three years and the Celtics get a team option after the fourth year. Now, why would they do something like that? Well, because after three years, and we have Porzingis for the next three years, and we probably can give a supermax to, Jay, to Jay, Jason at the end of this year, 
Well, after three years, we may decide we want to go in a completely different direction, even after two years, and trade him on an expiring. That four- to five-year deal can be an albatross. I mean, as we saw with John Wall, as we saw with some of these other guys, Westbrook is another one. At some point, teams realize, what have we done? we got to get rid of this guy. Those guys were older when they signed their deals. Jalen's only 26. Right. You know, the Celtics might agree to giving Jalen his option in exchange for no trade kicker or a lower percent. We'll give you the option. Maybe you take 32% or whatever. I really believe if Jalen comes down from that 35, which he has no reason to do that, but if he really wants to win and he really wants to be a Celtic, he's going to get his money. And so maybe he makes a concession on that. I think the Celtics are going to end up giving him a player option. And I think, I think he really wants one. Well, whatever it is, I'm looking forward to get it done. If it's a trade kicker, if it's a player option, if it's 35%, get the deal done. Yeah, because even though everybody says, including Brad Stevens and, and I guess Jalen and his agent, we expect it to get done, every day that passes, there's just more doubt in people's minds. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. But, you know, after a while you go, it's not going to happen, is it? That, that's clearly not what's happening here. But uh, Celtic fans hopefully should see this done in the next couple of weeks and expect it not to be a five-year deal straight Supermax. There's going to be either kickers or options. Each party will probably have to give something up to get this thing done. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about the summer Celtics. Another win, another player signed, and more positives from Jordan Walsh. We'll be right back at your home for the Celtic diehard fanatics, Lucky's Lounge. Welcome back to Lucky's Lounge. Captain Ron Flanders here having some technical difficulties here at our studios here in Nebraska. And we have lost Guillermo out there in Stoughton, Mass. Hope to have him back later on this segment or definitely for the next segment. Uh, This segment was supposed to be directed at talking about Summer League. And we'll get to Summer League in a second. But first, we want to thank you for joining Guillermo and I on Lucky's Lounge. The numbers are going through the roof. We're in about 30 states now, five different countries. And just want to really thank everybody for spreading the word, telling your like-minded Celtic fans about our podcast. Of course, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. And please continue to spread the word. Give us five-star ratings. We also appreciate your feedback. Go to the mailbag real quick. Here's one from Rage Oons wanted to share this comment. It says, the new Boston must-listen podcast right here. Hashtag all facts, zero cap. Salute my brother from another ghillie and Ned Effin Flanders' evil twin brother as a surefire next-up duo. That's at Rage 508 Cards and Grails. So Rage 508, thank you for that comment. And if you have a comment you'd like to share with the show or just an idea, something you'd like to talk about, you can email us at luckysloungepodcast at gmail.com or also slip into our DMs on Twitter at Lucky's Lounge Pod. Okay. Let's wrap up Summer League real quick, shall we? 
Guillermo and I watched all five games, and it was very uneven. The Celtics winning two, losing three, and in some of the games they lost, they played very poorly for much of the games, but also managed to have some big comebacks. The story of the Summer League, of course, is the Celtics rookie Jordan Walsh, second-round draft choice out of Arkansas, selected number 38. I didn't have great expectations for him, at least in terms of a score. He was a jack-of-all-trades, master of none at Arkansas, averaged seven points a game for the Razorbacks as a freshman as they went into the NCAA tournament. Here he comes into Summer League, and all we knew about him was that he was an athletic player with an extremely long wingspan, six foot seven with a seven foot one inch wingspan, and a guy that did it all at the combine rebounding, getting steals, deflections. In Summer League, he was a scorer. He averaged 16 points a game through the five games, and he did something in Summer League that he didn't really show in college. And we're talking about just a couple of months past from his NCAA tournament experience to Summer League. Jordan Walsh shot 41% from behind the NBA three-point line. That really is the story. That's the one takeaway. If you're only going to take away one thing, it is that Jordan Walsh might have a future in the NBA, folks. Brad Stevens signed him to a rookie minimum deal for as many as four seasons. He is going to be in green, and we are all here for it. The other piece of news that came out of the end of Summer League is the Celtics have signed another player. In addition to Jay Davison coming back to Maine on a two-way deal, the Celtics signed Jay Scrub, one of the most unfortunately named players in NBA history, at least modern NBA history. Scrub is going to be in green at times this season. He also earned one of the three two-way spots along with J.D. Davison. Scrub is very fun to watch. A left-handed sort of Ricky Davis-like player. Another guy who scored a lot for the Celtics and has a lot of skill. Definitely more NBA ready, ready from an offensive standpoint than Jordan Walsh. I think he can come in and give the Celtics real minutes, at least offensively. An athlete and a guy who's still pretty young. He was drafted out of junior college and he's played for two NBA teams already the Orlando Magic, and the Los Angeles Clippers, but now he'll get a chance with the Celtics. And of course, Brad Stevens is not yet done. The final game of the Summer League was a blowout win by the Celtics over the Orlando Magic. And the Magic didn't play either of their first-round draft choices, but the Celtics also rested a lot of their players. And it was an opportunity for some of the other guys not named Scrub, Davison, or Walsh to shine. And the Celtics got a balanced effort. Their Hungarian player, uh, Valerio Ballone, scored 13 points, splashed some jump shots. He showed flashes. And so there's a chance that some of the guys that didn't get two-way deals could end up in Maine. Last year's Summer League squad had about five different players that got to play for the Maine Celtics, and we could see that again this season. So all in all, 
an overall positive. If you remember, the Celtics took one of their first-round draft choices that they acquired in the Marcus Smart trade, flipped it for multiple second-round picks, but the only rookie that they got out of that draft was Jordan Walsh, and it turns out that Brad Stevens may have nailed that one. So that is what happened in Summer League, and that leaves the Celtics with 12 players under guaranteed contracts with three potential open slots. If Luke Cornett and Justin Champigny, who played okay in Summer League, he didn't, statistically, he didn't play it, blow it up, but Champigny did a lot of things on the court. He did a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Outlet passes, deflections. He did in that final game against the Magic, he had about four threes in a row from the left side break. So Champigny did show enough maybe to get a camp invite, but Champigny and Cornette are not guaranteed. So Brad can sign up to three additional players and he has another two-way spot available. Who might he sign with one of those empty spots? Well, we might talk about it coming up next on Lucky's List. We'll also tell you about a Celtic player that released a video of his workout that went viral, and you'll be excited to hear about it when we come back. Hopefully, Guillermo will be back with us for segment number three, Lucky's Heroes, Lucky's List. Don't go away. You are listening to Lucky's Lounge. Guillermo, we're going to start this final segment with Lucky's Heroes, which, again, is where we salute members of the armed forces and first responders who are diehard Celtic fans or not in this case. This week, we salute the 186th Brigade Support Battalion of the Vermont Army National Guard. We've been having some crazy weather all over the United States, flash flooding events, tragedies around the country. But Vermont in particular last week was devastated by flooding. And when flooding happens like this, people lose power. They lose the ability to have potable drinking water in their homes. And the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Vermont State Emergency Management Agency brought in 92 pallets of fresh water, which comes to about 70,000 liters of water. And the 186th BSB took that to affected communities where people had been getting orders to boil water or that their water was not safe to drink. You know, this is a group of soldiers, Guillermo, that is, these are mountain infantry. These are like light infantry mountain because, I mean, obviously Vermont, they're probably comfortable in that terrain. But rather than doing combat duties, they're actually getting to help their neighbors in Vermont. It's really a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Shout out to everybody involved in that process. I know a lot of people were in need during those times and continue to be in need. So thank you to everyone involved in supporting the people that need it the most. I had a few close friends visiting out there and luckily they were in safe areas in Vermont. But again, kudos to everybody uh, supporting as needed with the resources that they were able to put together. Great stuff. Okay. Lucky's list this week. We'll start with the video of a guy in an empty gym shooting. We normally make fun of these things when a guy's being guarded by a chair or, you know, a 50-year-old coach or whatever. But there was a video circulating on the internet 
of one number 44, Rob Williams, that has a lot of us, including you and I, Guillermo, a little excited. Oh, yeah. I'm super stoked with the videos that I saw. The pick and pop, the midi, even shooting threes, Robert Williams. <laughs> that is insane. I'm so excited for this. If he can get some type of consistency or just a little bit of more offensive versatility with this, it is going to be such a key part for the Celtics this year. It really could. How long have we been saying this? If he would only develop a post game or if he would only develop a midi or, you know, if he could even shoot a three, part of it is that he doesn't need to, or we haven't felt like he needed to when you've got a Brogdon, a Tatum, a Brown, Derek White, all of these guys on the court. But the fact is, is that when Rob Williams is on the on the floor, he's unguarded. His defensive player is sagging off of him and trying to help defend Tatum or Brown. And very often you'll see Rob catch the, the, the ball 20 feet from the basket and the center that's guarding him is at the free throw line or below, just kind of daring him to shoot. If he develops this shot, it really could be a game changer, right? Yeah, and don't don't get me wrong. I love the lobs that he does. But if he can develop this consistent mini, which I've seen him do on spot times throughout the season, again, it is going to change the entire offense for the Celtics. If it's just a little KG mini, or if he wants to stretch it out and develop it like, Aaron Baines was shooting threes when he was a Celtic. Like, if this is a possibility going forward, it is going to be a tremendous gain for the Celtics. And I think the other issue is Rob's injured. Rob's injured and Rob's injured. So I think he had a healthy offseason. He had time to work on his game, develop it. And I'm so excited for the video that we saw and what it's going to bring to this season. A lot of guys have extended their careers or made themselves a lot of money. Rob, his calling card is defense, but imagine if he added like a Nas Reed type jump shot, how much money he could make. Number two item on the list, this, this Lucky's list is our tweet of the week, which comes from Taylor Snow. Taylor sees now. Celtics in-house senior writer and stat guy for the Celtics. He tweets out, Kristaps Porzingis is all in. And there's a photograph from the Unicorns Insta page, which shows him in a pretty cool green t-shirt with white Celtic shorts on. The shirt says Evergreen. Kristaps writes, may the next season be my best season, Shamrock. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeedy. Get locked in. Get focused. Let's do it this year. The cards are on the table. Trades have been made. The roster's been shaken up. Let's do it this year. This is the year to bring a banner to Boston. He's saying all the right things. I think when we first acquired him in our first episode, I mentioned something he said on draft night that was very intriguing. And I thought, wow, I'd love to have a player like that. He said he was excited to be in the NBA because he would always have keys to a gym. This kid works. The, the main question with him is health 
I'm very concerned about the upcoming FIBA World Championships where he will be anchoring his home Latvian side, but I'm very excited. He's very happy to be a Celtic along with Jordan Walsh. They both are. And so, yeah, more of these kind of uh, social media posts, Kristaps, we're all in for it. Item number three on Lucky's list, the Celtics have been linked, according to some media reports, this guy has been in the league 11 years already. He's younger than both of us. Of course, I'm talking about Doc's son, Austin Rivers, who we remember from his teenage years when he was sitting on the sidelines and in the locker room to the, for that 2008 Celtics championship. Austin Rivers is being linked to the Celtics. The Celtics apparently have interest. Yeah, I would love to see him in green. I mean, the last time we had a Rivers on the Celtics, we got a ring. So I, I'm not saying he's going to bring us a ring, but I would love to see him as a third, fourth option as a point guard and even a two guard. I think, again, he's an 11-year vet. He can support the younger guys on this team. And he'll probably be brought in when, at the minimum as well. So I wouldn't mind bringing him in and seeing what he can contribute, even if he doesn't get too much minutes on the team. Well, certainly he has the pedigree, being Doc's son. He certainly knows what it takes to win. He was around Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Sam Cassell. A lot of these guys, and the Celtics are very familiar with him. But I remember him as a freshman coming out of Duke. He was one of the most highly coveted prospects in the league. Hasn't worked out for him. He's about an eight-point-per-game player over the course of his career. Last year with Minnesota, in about 50 games, 20 minutes a game, he averaged five points and one and a half assists. I think Austin Rivers is a guy that probably can knock down the threes. His shooting splits were 43 and a half and 35% from three, 77% from the line. So you can do worse for a minimum salary guy, Guillermo. I, I guess I would take a flyer on him. And maybe that means we don't bring Champagne back. Yeah, and remember, we want depth and we wanted veteran guys to be part of that depth. Champagne didn't really show out in the summer league like he should have. So I wouldn't mind swapping out a Champagne for a Austin Rivers, well, like you said. It's going to be up. We have it up right now on our Twitter poll. So if you go to our Twitter page at Lucky's Lounge Pod, you can see the Twitter. Do you want the Celtics to sign Austin Rivers? Make your opinion known. And let's go to the next item on Lucky's list. And this is from time to time, we will check in with some of our rivals in the Atlantic Division. And let's go to Philadelphia this week, where the big newsmaker in the NBA, at least in the last couple of days, was none other than Troel Embiid, Guillermo. Ah, yes. Joel Embiid saying he wants to win a championship no matter if it's in Philly or anywhere else. But then also retracting and saying he's a troll. He has to create some type of buzz. I don't know where his heart is. He he also said he wants to kind of be like Kobe and play for one franchise. I think he's a wishy-washy type of guy. I, th- at the end of the day, I really do think 
he does want that ring, no matter if it's in Philly or not. Yeah, I'm a little saddened when I hear things like this, because as much as I hate Philadelphia and I hate their fans, it's a great sports town. You could probably ask people like, you know, Bobby Jones, Doug Collins, uh, Mo Cheeks, Julius Irving, what it means to be a champion, Moses Malone, what it means to be a champion in that town. Joel Embiid may never know. And, you know, he was being interviewed by Maverick Carter at some event for an entertainment conglomerate that LeBron James, Maverick Carter, and I think Embiid is a part of that. I refuse to believe, though, that this was, you know, Joel being Troel Embiid. I think he said it. He was being candid. There was a moment of candor there. He forgot who he was and, and what the ramifications of that were. I mean, in Philadelphia, that is a fan base that will eat you alive. And there had to be mass panic in Philadelphia when he said this. And I think, you know, Daryl Morey, you know, said, hey, look, we already got enough problems with James Harden. So you saw the quick retraction. But another playoff collapse this year, Guillermo, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that he follows James Harden out that door. Yeah, I think there can continue to be big changes. I know Maury said that Maxi is a cornerstone piece for them. There's also been speculations of Giannis and Milwaukee. So there's always these big pieces that start to create a buzz, like Damian Lillard has this season and James Harden as well. So What's the next name? Is it Embiid? Is it Giannis? What's to come in the next few years with these players who are in a situation where they're not winning like Philly or in a small market like Milwaukee? Yeah, you know, typically when you see these stars, these disgruntled stars ask out for trades or they try to force a trade somewhere, you often don't see teams getting a great player back. They always say, well, we want a star or we want a young player in return. And they end up getting 50 cents on the dollar, 30 cents on the dollar. Look at Milwaukee giving Kareem up to the Lakers. I mean, Damian Lillard is going to Miami, it looks like. And Portland will get a lot of draft picks, but they're not getting any star players. Could you see, though, Port? you know, Philadelphia says, well, we – we want to get somebody now while Joel's still upright and healthy. You know, would they try to get a Jalen Brown or would they trade Embiid for to see what's out there? I don't think there's any way they trade Embiid, but they better start thinking about rescinding that statement they had about Tyrese Maxey. If if Portland wants Tyrese Maxey or, or would take him in a three-team deal, I think you pull the trigger and try to bring Lillard to Philadelphia if I'm Daryl Morey. Ah, that's a that's a back and forth for me. I I think I would have to choose Maxi over Lillard with the uncertainty of knowing if Embiid is there long term. You need that future roster piece that you're going to carry on into the future. And I really enjoy Maxi's game. I I think he plays really good basketball. So you already have Embiid, Maxi, Harris. Right now, you still have Harden. To me, that's still a playoff team. So I would probably stick with Maxi in that case. You know, that's a great point, Guillermo. You and I were there in the playoffs watching 
this Philadelphia uh. team. And, you know, James Harden had the two big games, and obviously he gave us the gut punch in game one. But, you know, as that series went along, the one guy I consistently feared was not Embiid, and it wasn't Harden. We all sort of knew that Harden was going to collapse when it mattered. Tyrese Maxey seemed unfazed consistently through the seven games, whereas Embiid and Harden choked at the end of that series. So Maxey, you're right. He might be a a lower-cost, young, homegrown guy that Philadelphia maybe just might hang on to. Yeah, and what was super scary is he was doing it with ease and having fun doing it. So it just got under your skin and you just wanted the Celtics to do something about this guy, but he was just getting to the spots he wanted to with no issue and really just would change the pace of the game for the 76ers, which I think was very vital in that run. Our final item on Lucky's list today is the NBA calendar. You're sitting there going, okay, summer league's over. What are you guys going to talk about? Well, the first date on the calendar, the 26th, is Lucky's Lounge episode six. So mark your calendars there. But we are going to have a little bit of a lull. The Celtics and Brad Stevens are going to try to fill fill out their roster going forward. The next date of significance is August 7th, and that is the day that still in Las Vegas, Team USA and Team Puerto Rico will play an exhibition for the run-up to the FIBA World Cup. And then for about the next month, you will see players like O'Shea Brissett, Delano Banton, and Kristaps Porzingis playing for their home countries, trying to bring home a gold cup for for their countries. No American players on the Celtics this year. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are not on the roster, and the U.S. is really going with a young team, but that's going to basically be late August and September we'll see that tournament, Guillermo. You plan on watching it? Oh, yes. I love some love me some basketball, even if it's international basketball. It allows me to rep my Puerto Rican and Dominican descent, so I'll be also rooting for those teams on top of the USA team. Uh, I'm just excited to get it started and have some back and forth with different teams from different countries. The one thing I am pushing for, I love you, Porzingis. I don't know what group you're in, but I'm hoping the Latvian team loses early Quickly. so that you can stay healthy. Yes. Quickly, yes. Um, yes. And we all we don't even want to think about what happened last offseason with – Danilo uh, Gallinari getting hurt very early on and ending his Celtic career before it even started. That tournament will take place August 25th until September 10th. That will be in the Philippines, Japan, and Indonesia. The Philippines, basketball is like the national sport there, so that's going to be exciting. And the Magic actually had a Filipino player on their team in Summer League this year. So it's great to see the, the Pinoy pride, and we're going to see that coming up in August. September 29th is the first date for players who are participating in preseason games outside of North America. There's going to be preseason games in Asia and Europe. Some of those players will be reporting to training camp on September 29th. The Celtics will open their training camp on September 30th, and then preseason will start on October 5th 
with games in Abu Dhabi. Kyrie and the Mavericks will be playing in Abu Dhabi. Celtics preseason will be in early October. Preseason ends October 20th. And then on October 23rd, the Celtics opening day roster will have to be set. So that's that's kind of a, a look at the calendar for the summer. We will uh, be discussing the World Cup next week, and hopefully we'll have some news for you. We can we can break down more with more fidelity the Celtics roster. Guillermo, final thoughts for the week. Get the Jalen Brown deal done, please. I'm just done with the speculation. Get it done with, and let's move on and talk about the World Cup coming up. Yep, and it's all about, you know, the Celtics still have moves to make in free agency and the Sousa scorers. Hey, look, if any of you guys out there got a jump shot, have jump shot, will travel, hit us up on email, luckysloungepodcast at gmail.com. There's a couple roster spots open for them. Yes, sir. Uh, so hit us up. We're looking for we're looking for defense and playmaking and maybe maybe one additional score. So hit us up on that. We will see you next week on Lucky's Lounge. Thank you, Celtics fans, for coming along on this ride, and, and we'll see you next week. For Guillermo Diaz, I'm Captain Ron Flanders. Talk to you later.